This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Classic NBA podcast at the Step Back. I am Jason, and with me today is a special guest returning to the show, um, Chris Barnwell. He is an editor for At the Hive, and he writes at uh, the Step Back and uh, lots of other good places. Uh, Chris, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back. Had fun last time. And uh, so, so something big happened. Uh, Clay Thompson scored uh, sixty points in a game in <laughs> only twenty nine minutes, and uh, let the world. You know, you say it, and it's still shocking. Yeah, he basically lit the world on fire. Um, 29 minutes, 21 of 33 from the field, 8 of 14 from 3, 10 of 11 from the line, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, but he scored 60 points 29 minutes, so we're not going to nitpick at any uh, lacking of contribution uh, elsewhere. And uh, and his team won by a million jillion points. So uh, one of the biggest blowouts in um, the history of any time that anyone has ever scored 60 points in a game. So. So what did you uh, when you first uh, you know realized that uh, you know Clay Thompson is going off? He's on fire. He's you know about to set you know a, a record. Uh, what were you thinking? Well, the first thing I thought was when I saw the forty points thing. I didn't have the game on, and then I saw that he has forty at halftime. So I threw it on my TV, but I put it on mute because I just figured, oh, he'll probably slow down and get like twelve more and get a fifty point game, and that'll be cool. And then I looked over, and he almost had sixty. And I was like, he has to go for 82. Like, of course he has to go for 82. It's insane not to go for 82 right now. And I still think he could have done it. Yeah, it's uh, – and, and I don't think – like, I I don't see a problem with, um, you know, going for it in that situation. I mean, if you're, you know, in, in – have a chance at making history in that circumstance, like, I think that's perfectly valid. I don't think that's like a, some kind of, you know, um, breaking of basketball rules or whatever. I mean, they went for 73 last year and they had no reason to do that. So that's true. Well, why history, not? yeah. So yeah, why not go for records. Right. Exactly. So 
Yeah, um, Rachel Nichols mentioned that uh, if he had played 48 minutes at that pace, he would have scored 99 points. Obviously, he would not have scored 99 points, but it just if, you know, if uh, um, just st- staggering amount of points that he scored in 29 minutes. So that's obviously remarkable. You and- keep saying that, and I keep not believing. Like, I watched it happen, and I'm still stunned that it happened. Yeah, and, and I the remarkable, other remarkable thing about the game um you know, with some of the uh, sport view data, that he only had the ball for 88 seconds total in the game. He only possessed the ball for that matter. It was a, a lot of catching <laughs> shoots, 11 dribbles on 20 assisted field goals, only touched the ball 52 times, and was had a 79% contested field goal percentage. So just, you know, blowing up. And, and, and Richard Yanow tweeted that of the other 60-point games of the sport view era, Kobe had the ball for 400 seconds. LeBron had it for 390, and Melo had it for 240. Um, again, 88 cents total. Fun fact: LeBron and Melo both did it against the exact same Charlotte Bobcats team. That's true. Well, well actually, no. I'm I'm afraid that I I don't believe that because there was no way there was ever a team called the Bobcats. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> um, I think they happened like within a month of each other too. Yeah, it was really close in in comparison everyone kind of like played down it's like, oh it's just the bobcats when that was actually like a top 10 charlotte defense that year yeah well you know that the, the less we talk about the bobcats the happier i'll be but. <laughs> um so clay is greatest franchise yes indeed so clay actually had the ball for less time than uh steph durant draymond green sean livingston and ian clark during the game so that it just shows you you know where that happens and now you know you look at that and obviously it just shows that he doesn't really need to be able to dribble to create his own shot. Um, but what is, what is the fact that he had the possession of the ball for so little time mean to you? I don't think it takes away anything from it. I think it's just a different kind of it's a different kind of sixty points. Like we're used to the ball dominant superstar getting it, but really this has always been kind of Clay Thompson's thing. Like he's always been the trivia question or like in the points category, like what players have scored this many points and, you know, for hardcore NBA fans, like all that, all right, Clay Thompson did it. But, you know, if you're a more casual fan, they'll immediately think of LeBron, they'll think of Carmelo, they'll think of Kobe, but Clay Thompson is just this guy that you don't really think of because he's in the backdrop to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and just other scores. But he's always been this guy that could just randomly blow up at any point. I yeah. feel like it's a great representation of like kind of modern day basketball. Sure, and he had you know thirty seven points in a quarter last year, so he, obviously he's had fifty point games in his career. But yeah, other players who are you know relatively obscure players, Tony Delk, for instance, you know Mo Williams toward the end of his career, Corey Brewer, a lot of guys have had fifty point games, but sixty is special. There isn't really anyone who isn't at least a borderline Hall of Famer who has. Um, scored 60 points in a game so so um it'd be interesting to see what happens with clay's you know with what happens with the warriors over the next few years if, if clay is there and producing and you know whether he's in that conversation eventually depending on his team's achievements but um but yeah so he's certainly not by far not wasn't the worst player to ever score 50 points in a game but he you know obviously behind uh durant curry in the pecking order and draymond to a certain extent although obviously not an offense um, yeah, and I, and I think the, you know, he helps the ecosystem of what they do 
and they and it helps him. I mean, obviously, it helps him to be able to have Steph and Durant, all those guys, to attract attention and to give him more space and to and that kind of thing. But he his shooting, you know, helps those other guys too. I mean, it's you know, Durant is having one of the most efficient, I think, the most efficient. Uh, season of his career and you know clay thompson and curry being there are a huge part of it so i i, I don't think it's fair to try to disparage his accomplishment by just saying well he doesn't have to craft the dribble it's easier for him but i also don't think you know, there, there's also been kind of this um i've seen some of kind of like the play the right way um twitter who has you know, kind of said, well, you know, it just proves that you don't want to dribble the, you don't want to over dribble, you know, just uh. shoot. And, it, you know, that's not really that either. I mean, he, he has an incredibly rare ability to, you know, come off screens and to be able to, you know, get a shot off quickly and, of course, accurately. So I, I, I feel like the lesson here is just, you know, Clay Thompson is able to do these amazing things and the Golden State Warriors are obviously an amazing team. The thing I kept seeing last night that drove me insane was the, oh, well, he should be open and making these shots all the time. Like, just this utter misunderstanding of how NBA defense works, you know, that these guys can't aren't good enough to guard a guy and prevent him from getting 30 a night. Like, just ridiculous assertions like that. So that's the one I kept seeing. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think we know better that you know NBA defense for the most part is uh, is pretty stout. And uh, even though the Pacers are not the best defensive team, they do have some pretty good individual defensive players. They're professionals. And, yes, yes. So you know, they're except for maybe a handful of extremely clueless NBA players. You know, pretty much everyone there is trying their best and you know pretty good at defense. So um, on the uh, you know at least on the scale compared to anybody else in the world. Right, and he's done stuff like this before, and if it was really just the, only the ecosystem, I feel like more players would have gotten closer. Like, because, like you said, there's the random the core Brewers and the Mo Williams and all that stuff, but even those were just these weird random outbursts. Well, Clay Thompson has done stuff like this consistently, where he just has these quarters where he explodes and he just he gets hot and he everything he shoots goes in. And like I feel like that kind of says a lot more about him as a player and how good he is and how good he is at taking advantage of that ecosystem you mentioned. Like he takes advantage of the system. He took advantage of the fact that Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are take swallowing up as much of the defense as they do. He takes advantage of those screens that he runs around. He's very good at doing what he's probably the best in the NBA at looking at a situation, putting himself in the best spot to get an open shot or score and then scoring. Uh, definitely i i couldn't agree more and um if you look at some of the other uh scoring outbursts that are sort of comparable to uh, clay 60 um kobe had 62 and three quarters against the uh, mavericks um that was uh, 32 minutes 53 seconds uh george gervin had 63 on the uh, final day of the uh, 1978 season in uh, 33 minutes i think he had uh, he, had, he had like 58 with like um 10 minutes left in the third quarter uh, in that game and i uh, didn't play the fourth quarter either uh, Carl Malone, 61 in uh, 33 minutes as well against the Bucks in a huge blowout. And then in the, in his 100-point game, Wilt had uh, 69 points in 36 minutes. So um, those are the, the closest that I could find that sort of even come close to what Clay did in, uh, in 29 minutes. And also, since 83, only five players have had a better field goal percentage in a 60-point game than Clay Thompson. This comes from Basketball Reference. Carl uh, Malone, Tom Chambers, Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, and Carmelo. Um, so that's obviously uh, that's quite an impressive list right there. And um, 
other players with the most points in 30 minutes or less again since um, 83. Uh, Steph Curry, teammate of Clay Thompson, 46 points. Uh, Gilbert Arenas with uh, 46 points. J.R. Smith with 45 points, I think, back in 2009. And Larry Bird with 43 points. So um, That's a really interesting list. Yes. And, and J.R. Smith is another... Like he's another kind of ra- random late what kind of player? Yeah, I mean he is, uh, you know, he's not as good of a player overall as Clay Thompson, but he's that kind of player where he can just explode, you know, in the right situation with the, you know, in the right ecosystem. Obviously, going to Cleveland revived his career and has you know turned him into his he's become a much more valuable player um, playing there. But um, yeah, do you think that um, Clay? could score 60 in a game if he were the primary scorer on a more typical team on a normal team yeah sure why not he did on this one (laughs) there you go yeah i know i know that's i know it's kind of like lazy and not looking at like you know the well the talent drop and all this stuff and really we probably should look at all these players that did score 60 and like you listed off of carl malone tom chambers shaquille o'neal lebron james carl anthony clay thompson all those guys were primary scorers on their team, and they were able to do it. So, and they were really good teams at that. So, obviously, you need to be on a good team to reach this this level in the first place. So, if Clay Thompson's the primary scorer and his team's good enough, sure, he can get sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's um, uh, that seems reasonable to me. I mean, yeah, obviously, there's no way to prove it, but I do think he has the you know, the individual skills in terms of just being able to create his own shot. I mean, he's not asked to do that, obviously, in Golden State, but um, but, but he certainly has definitely has that ability. I just feel like if you were making him your primary scorer, that means you've set up a system to make him your primary scorer. You're doing this stuff to get him running off ball. You're finding him open shots. You're not primarily forcing him to keep the ball in his hands at all time and, you know, take away what he's good at. Yeah, you probably, you know, you're playing him a lot like Reggie Miller was played with the Pacers, for instance. You know, right. Where you're in, you're still an elite scorer and you're, you know, you're the primary scorer for your team, but you're not, you know, like Reggie wasn't asked to create as much as he was, you know, coming off screens and that kind of thing. So you mentioned looking at some of the other 60-point um, uh, games in history. There have been 66 of them in NBA history. Uh, Will Chamberlain has 32 of them. Uh, Kobe Bryant has uh, six. Jordan has five. And Elgin Baylor has four. Uh, the others who have them, uh, Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, George Gervin, Rick Barry, Carl Malone, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry Bird, Tom Chambers, George Mikan, Gilbert Arenas, Jerry West, Joe Folks, who was a uh, late 40s, early 50s star, the sort of the, um, not inventor, but popularized the jump shot. Uh, David Thompson, Bernard King, Pete Maravich, LeBron James, David Robinson, Carmel Anthony, Clay Thompson. Um, and Tom Chambers is the only non-Hall of Famer who is eligible for the Hall of Fame who's on this list. Um, you have the players on here. I think that only, I, I would say Gilbert Arenas is probably not, is almost certainly not going to make the Hall of Fame. Um, but everyone else, you know, like if you put Tom Chambers in the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't like shock me or anything. And um and Clay obviously depends on how Golden State is for the next four or five years, how many championships they win, how many, how he contributes to that. If he's a memorable part of one of the greatest dynasties ever, I think there's a good chance that he would be, he would make it. Oh, I think he's going to end up making it no matter what, to be honest. Oh, yeah. They, they could never win another championship, and I think he's just going to be so good the rest of his career that he'll get in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he's one of the most efficient shooters ever, one of the, you know— one of the best three-point shooters ever and has, you know, both the you know, percentages and the volume and, you know, his his defense, which is pretty good, and he'll 
have you know some of those second and third team all you know all nba appearances i mean yeah he, he would I, I think you're probably right um any other surprises of uh, guys who are who are on this list or who are not on this list to you not on that list um i thought about it when you were naming him off i was surprised that he didn't show up i'm trying to remember right now uh score 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 I mean, for me, Durant and Curry obviously are um, immediate surprises. I mean, the fact that Clay made it to 60 before uh, Durant and Curry ever did, I think, is interesting. Uh, Dominic Wilkins is another one who, yeah, I think his his high was 57. So um, he's a slight surprise, but I mean, there's obviously been so many great scores in NBA history, and 60 is really hard to do unless you're Wilt Chamberlain. So you know, it's um, it, it, it's hard to be say say here and say there's a surprise, but. Um, but yeah, I, I guess um, those are the ones that would come off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, really, this entire list is guys that if you like had the name them, like you had the name five of them, you'd immediately think of them. Because really, like sixty is just such a hard number to get. Right. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Shaq was so dominant during his time, but only did it once. You know. Um... Right. Like Shaq was might. There are people who say Orlando Magic Shaq might be the most dominant player like ever. Right. Or you know peak. In, in you know NBA Finals, um, Lakers Shaq yeah, as well. You know, two thousand one, just dominating. You know, just this uh, dude that could not be stopped. Right. So, yeah, and that he only did it once. Like that just goes to show how incredibly hard it is. Right. Exactly. So, uh, the record on this list, uh, the, the teams that um, have a sixty point score are forty nine and fifteen. There was one game in which both players scored more than sixty points. So, so that one obviously doesn't count the standings. And Will Chamberlain, he had a 23-9 and nine record when uh, he scored um, 60 or more points. And uh, 35 of the wins were, were blowouts. Um, and then there were four times where the, the scorer um, he scored uh, 60 or more and lost in a blowout fashion. Will did three of those, and then the other one was George Gervin, um, the final game of the season. And the sole purpose of that game was to get George Gervin the uh, – scoring title it was the same day that david thompson had uh, scored a uh, 73 so uh, gervin was able to score 63 later and uh and, and get that scoring title by percentage points uh so 27 of them were fairly close games um one of them being a game in which wilt chamberlain scored 78 and elgin baylor scored 63 so in three overtime so accepting that one the uh in the close games the team that had the uh, 60 or more score actually only went 15 and 10 so and I mean, only is a bit of a stretch, but I think it's interesting that, um, uh, you know, having an individual who scores that much in a close game is not a, um, you know, you, you the, the, the team who has it has a slightly better record, but it's interesting that it's, I, I would think it would be slightly more decisive than that. It, it sounds like if you needed a player to score 60, your team probably wasn't that good anyways. So, of course, they had to score yeah. 60. And that mean that makes sense as to why they would lose some of those games because it's one of those things where... You really shouldn't need a player to do this. Like Clay Thompson last night, the Warriors didn't need that. It just happened. While you look at Kobe's 81, there was a really, really, really worrisome part of that game where it's like, are they going to lose and he's going to score almost 80 points? Like, it really looked like that. They needed him to get all 81 points to win that game. So you just have these games where players, they put in a bunch of stats and then they end up losing games. They're seeing it kind of this year with Russell Westbrook's uh, triple-doubles. You put great players on not great teams, and they're gonna stat they're gonna stuff stats, but that doesn't always equal wins. Yeah, and um, I mean that's a good point. Obviously, in, in those situations, if you're relying on one guy, especially in a close game, you're 
everyone else probably doesn't have it or isn't involved in the game or or what have you and will you know notoriously was you know they especially early in his career those offenses were built around him to you know s- score in in bunches obviously and the talent surrounding him was not always the um was not always the best so yeah that's a good point um anything I else i found the player that i was surprised uh didn't have 60 sure magic johnson well, Magic was never like not really like a, a huge you know volume score. I mean, I, I, I know, yeah, but yeah, it's still a little strange because there was a long time where people considered him the best player ever. Uh, that's a fair point. I wouldn't he, he would not necessarily have been first on my list because um, I guess Oscar Robertson he's one who's kind of surprising me a little bit that is not on this list. You know, it didn't happen one time because he was you know routinely averaging you know, 28, 30 a game in his career. I mean, Magic's averages kind of topped out more in the, the low 20s. So, he, you know, he was certainly, uh, especially later in his career, he would take up a lot of the um, the slack in scoring. But, yeah, he, he was never, he didn't really necessarily have scoring burst. I wonder what his career high is, because I, I would guess it would probably be like mid to high 40s. I'm going to guess somewhere in the, a 50-pointer. Let's, uh, we'll, uh, we'll look this up just for uh, our edification. Forty six points. Oh, there you go. Forty six points. All right. Um, Fifty minutes played is his career high. Yeah. With, uh, versus both versus the Kings of all. Uh, um, of all different teams. games though. Weird. Yes. Yes. Um. So anyway, anything else to uh, that you want to uh, uh, of note? Whether it's this game or uh, this Clay Thompson crazy game, or whether it's any other sixty point game. Uh, can I just have a personal moment to say I love Tracy McGrady's 60-point game with a passion? You are welcome. <laughs> do, do you have any particular memory of that game? Um, No, surprisingly. I watched a bunch of his games. I somehow missed that one, but I just always remember loving Tracy McGrady as a kid. So, Actually, no, I do have a memory of that game. I remember sitting in my room and my dad coming in and telling me Tracy McGrady had like 20 of the Magic's 25 points or something like that in the first quarter. Some ridiculous number like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I that was pre-Arenas Wizards 2004. Uh, let me pull it up right. No, oh, he was no, on he the team. He would have been on the team by then. Yeah, that's right. So Christian Leitner was on that team. My goodness. Ah, well, that's, that's a, you know, I'm surprised that Christian Leitner had a 60-point game in his career, you know. All right. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for uh, being on the program. Appreciate your uh, insight on this topic. Is there uh, anything that you'd like to uh, uh, anyone, anything you want to unplug or anything you want to uh, talk about before you go? I just had a post go up on Victor Oladipo, uh, his improved shooting this year. He's actually shooting a surprisingly high 38% from three-point range. His uh, defensive numbers are an absurd like 11 points better when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor. So he's having a really incredible year for OKC right now. So I got that over at the step back for anyone interested. Cool. Yeah, definitely. We'll uh, be interested in checking that out. And uh, you can find us at the step back at fansided.com. And we are also on Twitter and Facebook at over and back NBA. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or pretty much anywhere where you um, listen to podcasts. Just search for over and back or the step back. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back again soon. Thank you. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.